Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. Yeah, so. Hello, welcome to another episode of My Property World. I'm Will Mallard. I'm delighted to be joined by Peter Van Der Venen. Great to have you on the show, Peter. Uh, well, thank you, Will. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, so, so Peter is a property finance expert. Um, he, he runs a business, uh, the Mortgage Consultancy. Um, where, where can someone look you up, Peter? Uh, if they jump onto the mortgageconsultancy.co.uk, um, then they can see myself or my staff. Um, and if they want contact, there's a contact form on there, which my staff will pick up and get us started booked in together. Right. So why we've got Peter on the show today uh, is that a few weeks back, I, I was at a property networking event and Peter gave a presentation. And uh, as opposed to the, the normal quoting all the interest rates, uh, what was going up and down and uh, the various lenders' uh, positions, etc. Peter gave one of the most outstanding property strategy uh, presentations that I've seen. And I, I think it's very pertinent in today's market that people consider the range of options. Uh, and I've, I've asked Peter to come in and, uh, and, and give that presentation again on the podcast. Um, it's the sort of thing that you pick up at Partners in Property. Um, if you come along to any of their, their network meetings, and I think they've got an online uh, version as well. But Peter, I, I'm going to hand over to you and I'll, I'll jump in with the odd comment or question, but um, off you go, mate. Oh, thanks very much, Will. Yeah, um, I, I do like to try and you know uh, add value. Some of these strategies that I'm going to talk about now are really uh, for any market. Um, because you should always be inwardly looking at your business. And if you're not regarding property as a business, then you, you must always do that in any type of business. So some things I've been talking about is obviously a lot of people have grown portfolios from uh, just single lets. Um, if you can imagine a single let in the middle, I'm going to be talking quite a lot of certain strategies outside of that uh, in a circle. But um, ultimately they're all single lets in some way, shape or form. So, um, yeah, the first one... Um, and, and, a, and, a, and a single let for, for people not familiar with it, what, what, what does that actually mean? So that would just be either an individual, like a flat, one bed flat with one person in or a two bed house with a family. And that's in some ways what we call a single let. So uh, one unit, a person, two people or a family, as opposed to individuals in individual rooms as such. Mm -hmm. so, so one tenancy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, if you've if you've got uh, a few of those properties, it's um, 
in any market is how to maximize returns as such. So these are some of the strategies that you could potentially look at. Um, we've got social housing, we've got HMOs, total splits, uh, what we call a minimo, uh, maybe commercial to resi um, uh, conversions, extending planning gains on, on existing property, or a combination of any of these. Uh, the other one would be uh, short leases as well that, that uh, can, can work as well if you're buying or extending those. But what I'd like to do is just sort of drill down into each one of these now. Um, so HMOs, if you haven't got any HMOs in your portfolio, it's certainly something that you potentially could look at. Um, that really also comes into play with what I call the minimum. So there's a distinct difference between those two. An HMO would generally have uh, five or more um, bedrooms in it or five or more individual uh, persons. Things you have to be careful for in, the, in these type of things is whether it's an Article 4 area and needs an, an additional licence or there's some control in those areas. But they definitely cash flow more than uh, a single let. However, there's some things you need to be careful of. They do take a lot more managing. You're managing individuals um, and um, personalities in, in an area and they need to be systemised uh, more so than anything else. But I think they do They do work. Uh, the higher end model probably works as well, uh, more than anything. And I think that uh, certain areas they work in and other areas they've done as well. So and is, how does the financing work with these typically? Um, the, typically, typically in rental stress tests as such, we don't particularly have too much of a problem. So because they tend to cash flow uh, that much more. Now, if you've... Uh, if you're converting it and you're putting on suites in and so on, then you might need to uh, might need to bridge it to first of all before you convert and then refinance out. Um, or if it's just needing uh, on suites in bedrooms, then we can go straight to finance straight away. There is a, a bricks and mortar value on that valuation on some of these. Uh, you can go for what we call an investment value. Some people get very confused with commercial valuations. Uh, I much prefer to call it an investment value because ultimately HMO mortgages are residential mortgages. We can do these right up to 20 bedrooms and still be uh, a residential HMO type mortgage as well and rates that go along with that. So it depends on what your strategy is and, um, you know, and could any of your existing stock convert to this? With any of these strategies, what I would always advise is not, uh, you know, don't, an old saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, property trends over the years, and um, having been in finance for 40 years, it's uh, property trends change. So the more, um, more avenues you've got to move your portfolio around or different strategies, is always going to give you uh, maximising your returns across your portfolio. And I suppose limiting your risk to an extent if uh, one thing goes down through legislation changing or the market changing or uh, whatever's happening finance-wise for that particular category, if you've got other irons in the fire, you're, you're still uh, able to, to uh, keep the bank at bay. 100%, 100%. Well, I mean, you know, you could, 
with with everything in life, you must always remember that there's advantages and disadvantages on everything. Uh, utopia doesn't exist. So an HMO, yeah, cash flow looks really good. And if you can manage the personalities, uh, you know, that type of thing, what you have to understand is there's more legislation. So, you know, three, four years ago, we had sort of room sizes change. There's no reason to say that couldn't change in the, in the future. So if you've got half a dozen properties, I wouldn't turn them all over into HMOs. Um, you need to make sure that you hedge your bets um, because if room sizes suddenly change again and get bigger, then you have a six-bed HMO that might only work you know, or might have to be a five-bed, do you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, uh, it doesn't work cash flow-wise. So you do very much need to consider um, that you don't go all down a one route and, as I say, the old saying, don't put your eggs in one basket. Now, what I want to try and do is just come across what uh, the difference between what we call an HMO uh, and a minimo. A minimo would really be sort of four rooms or less, um, but it could be an ordinary property. So you could have a two-bed terrace, say, uh, with a single, uh, you know, dining room and lounge, where you could turn the dining room into another bedroom uh, and let out each room individually. So therefore, you would cash flow more money. There's a few more bits that you have to do with fire doors and things like that, but you don't if it's not an article for you, you don't need, uh, you know, additional licensing, um, but it can cash flow, you know, quite a lot more. Uh, obviously, it takes a little bit more management, but, um, uh, you know, you're on a smaller scale there. And we do have lenders that will allow this on ordinary products. So an ordinary buy-to-let mortgage, we just need to make sure we go through to the right the right lender. Um it only works in certain areas and it only works right. You know, it needs to be area specific and demographic specific as well. Okay. So that's the difference between a sort of an HMO and a, a minimo, but it's a way of extracting uh, with rents being very strong. It's a way of extracting some more cash flow for minimal uh, investment. And what sort of research um, would you expect someone to have in place before uh, looking to, to get serious about a, a finance application um, where there's a, a change such as yeah. you're describing? It's, it's a good, good point. I, I think the, the things that I would be doing is just searching out what uh, room rates are in a particular area, um, what demands are, um, rentroom.com or whatever, whatever these uh, sites are, see what demand there is in an area. Does it lend itself? Is it a, a very tight knit family residential area? Is that is that going to work in that area? Um, is it near schools, hospitals, other areas where they need this type of uh, facility for people to share? Um, I think also look at the opposition. Is there somebody doing that in that particular area? And if they, they, there is, and they're not doing it very well make sure that you just decorate yours and uh, dress it to a better standard. You know, can you, you know, extract £10 per week per more per room by, you know, just spending a little bit more, you know, another £500,000 at the front to make them really top end? Could you do that? And those are the types of things and groundwork that you need to do before you go down that route. And with a minimo as opposed to an HMO, you're not really changing the structure of the property. So in the future, if that doesn't work, then, uh, you know, single let suddenly starts working again in that particular area. You can, you can go back to that quite easily. 
Okay, so there's, as I say, any of these strategies have advantages and disadvantages. So um, you must decide which works in that particular area and then keep reassessing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that really I, I quite like myself, um, and we've done a few of these, is, is title splitting um, in various different formats. But one of these would be, um, you know, there's lots of houses that have been in the past uh, by tied landlords that have been, you know, converted into two or three self-contained units um, that are now suffering from Section 24 taxation. And they're looking to sell these, but they've never created leases. Um, these, I think, are really good units. Um, and a really good unit would be something that's quite tired, tired landlord, tired property. Um, and they're, let's say, all the units are over 30 square metres. That's one of the uh, requirements generally for refinancing out. But the idea would be to, to buy the property, obviously refurb it, but also then title split, in other words, create the leases, needs generally to be done inside a limited company to uh, make sure the most uh, most tax advantages, um, but can be done uh, with only certain lenders and it doesn't need to wait six months or anything like that at all. We can we can refinance this out with the right, uh, right lenders, but you need the right solicitor in place as well. These are important ways of uh, making everything go smoothly for you. But again, uh, 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 and maybe just uh, give a high-level example about how the um, the, the the values work um, from purchase through to to splitting. Yeah, good, good, good point. Uh, well, let's really make it. If I can make it simplistic for you, let's say we've got a house split two flats. Uh, each flat would generally, with a, a long lease in place and being in pristine condition, would value at two hundred thousand each. We could do a mortgage without creating the, uh, the the title split, just one mortgage across the whole thing. The the, the problem with that, or the disadvantage, will I say, is one, it's a, well, the advantage is it's easier to do one mortgage, but the disadvantage is it's not going to value at 400,000 because the way the lender looks at that is if they ever have to repossess that client in the future, um, they've got a narrow market. You know, they're not going to, they won't split the title uh, and create leases, um, they are going to sell the property auction. Um, so they tend to discount uh, what a surveyor would go in and go two two houses, uh, sorry, two flats worth two hundred thousand pound each. That's four hundred, and they would typically dis- discount by ten to fifteen percent uh, on the valuation. So that's where you need to be careful. However, you can have that ten or fifteen percent as an uplift by creating leases, because once the lease is in place, then the uh, the mortgage company has got a single unit to sell out and they can sell that to a first-time buyer. So therefore they're much happier to go at uplifted values uh, and so on. So it's much easier, but also more importantly, you've now de-risked your portfolio because if you had them all as uh, in our in our terminology, they're called multi-unit blocks. That's a house split into two or three, four or five flats, but no leases in place. It's a multi-unit block. Whereas if you can split them out, you're de-risking your portfolio. If you needed to raise funds in the future, you might just sell one of the units. You haven't got to sell the whole entity. 
So I think this is a great, great strategy, and it's an alternative to HMOs because you've got self-contained units, but you've still ultimately got one unit but split into others. Um, but generally, most of those will be laid out on what we call a single let basis. So, uh, yeah, great strategy as far as I'm concerned. And rivals HMOs in cash flowing uh, circumstances as far as I'm concerned. And how, how do people find deals like this? They are quite difficult to be truthful, uh, uh, Will. However, um, one of my clients has just literally emailed me this morning with, uh, with one where it says six-bed property for sale. It's like they just don't generally know how to market these properties. Uh, it's not six-bed. Uh, it's actually four flats, two two-beds and two one-beds. Um, but you've got to drill down into the actual um, right move um, entity to, to actually see that. Um, so that, you know, it's actually a good deal the clients uh, found. There are, um, so we're going to, you know, start working on that. But yeah, um, you can see them sometimes businesses for sale, auctions. Um, word of mouth is, is another way. Um, you know, if you see one in the street with, um, you know, 12A, 12B, 12C, go on land registry, find out who the uh, who the freeholder is and maybe, you know, a letter out to them, that type of thing. They could be found that way. Um, but they're, they're quite difficult uh, to find. But up, if, you, if you can find them, you know, as I say, one with a refurbishment uplift and also a title split uplift, then they're great entities as far as I'm concerned, great entities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And these are uh, uh, around uh, around us in every suburb in the country. Sorry, well, I didn't catch that. The, these are available um, in every suburb in the country if you you, uh, you go looking. Absolutely. Sorry, uh, Will. Yeah, they're, they're all over the country. Haven't seen so many of these up in Scotland, uh, for instance. Um, can't even imagine I've done one, but I'm saying they're not. But in, in England, definitely all over England, we've seen these, um, uh, you know, in the northern towns as well as in the south. Um, tend, to, tend to also have a concentration in traditionally um, Victorian Edwardian towns. So because there was a lot of townhouses um, where you'd have a, like a, a, a basement below the floors or a lot of these in London. So they lend themselves to being... Um, uh, you know, to be split. One of the things that you need to be careful on these is uh, just always factor in a bit more cost if the utilities haven't been separated um, because the lenders will prefer um, that the utilities are separated out. So just be careful when you, you, you're looking at these, particularly at auction. Uh, it might not tell you whether the utilities have been split or not. Mm -hmm. Right, very good. And uh, next strategy. Okay. Um, next one would be would 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 span across your minimo, your title splits, and or HMO, which would be social housing. Um, so, social housing is the provider that's going to give you uh, the tenants that they put in place. So, this would be giving it out as a guaranteed rent for generally anywhere between three to twenty years. Um, so the provider then 
which could be uh, supported living, uh, it could be narco, it could be circo, uh, you know, asylum seekers, that type of thing. The, basically, the social housing provider is going to take the property off you, give you a guaranteed rent every month, um, and take over the property and the management of it. Generally, you only have to maintain things like a boiler um, uh, and the fabric of the building internally. Generally, they take over that uh, that that uh, remit. So, if it's empty, you still get paid. Um, and if they generally trash the decoration, then normally the uh, provider will pick up that. Um, Downside to them, uh, obviously, you've got a fixed rent for five years, potentially. If rents rise in that area, then you potentially you could be looking, uh, you could be losing out. However, on the other side, um, they might not rise in that area and you've got a guaranteed uh, rent. The odd ones we've had where the tenants create problems um, uh, and, and then things have to be dealt with. But generally, you've got a provider there um who should police all of that but it can be used in any of these other as i say you you, you can have an hmo uh, and use it for social housing you can title split a property and use it and also a minimo um it's a bit of reverse engineer if you're going to buy a property because social housing providers in certain areas will have specific requirements they'll have a specific area requirement um they'll have a specific bedroom requirement and so on and so on. So if, you, if it's a strategy you want to use, my advice is find your housing provider first of all, because you need to find out one, what they're going to rent a property for. But secondly, you need to then go out and find that property that fits their specific needs or find one that you can convert to what they need. Um, but generally, and, 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 and you can you can help out with the the finance, which is a, a little different leasing to an organisation uh, versus uh, leasing to an individual. Yeah, they can be financed. Um, the, there's a, a few by to I mean, we are a lot more restricted. I want to be honest with people; they are hard, much harder to finance. We've got two or three, up to four lend, uh, buy to let lenders that will allow social housing or some type of contract, depending on how vulnerable the people are. Um, I'm going to be honest, if it was a children's charity with very vulnerable children, 24-7 care and all this type of thing, very, very difficult to finance a couple of commercial lenders at quite, uh, quite high rates will do those. Um, but there's plenty of other providers that uh, don't require that, uh, where we can get sort of uh, normal buy-to-let or specialist buy-to-let rates uh, on those. But yeah, they can be financed. Um, I do think it's a growing model. Um, and you've also helping that with some social responsibility as well, which I think is, uh, you know, is vitally important uh, in this th these times. And mm -hmm. um, um... And so um, any other um, key tips or advice in terms of strategies uh, open open to smart property investors? Um, yeah. To get a little bit more out of their portfolio in the future. Yeah, absolutely. It depends whether it's their, their, their existing portfolio or whether they're buying. But, um, you know, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, short leases on properties can't be financed. Um but it can be. We have lenders that will 
uh, will end on, on short leases. There's a whole strategy again in, in that. Well, um, I think the sweet spot, would I would say, would probably be around 55 years. So if you've got 55 years or more, um, we can finance those. Uh, if we can't, uh, uh, you know, if, you know, traditionally, estate agents will normally say it's a cash purchase. Um, but the use of finance in the correct way, we can do them down to, um, as I say, to uh, sort of 55 years. Um, other things that would definitely need to be looked at is, can you improve the property in any way? Does it make financial sense? Can you extend? Is there a planning gain uh, to be made in, in a, a particular property? If not now, for later on, is it something um, that you can spend a bit of money on now, still get the property rented, still make some money now? but can be programmed in in three years' time or something, or you might want to sell out with some, uh, you know, some planning going on there. Can you use a combination of any of these ones that we've been talking through, uh, commercial to commercial res to resi, which would be offices or shops to residential. A lot of these can be done under permitted development. Um, a really good unit we did recently was um, uh, a shop that was really struggled with tenancies for quite a while. It was in a parade of only three shops in a residential area, had flats above. What we did with the the, the client did was uh, we separate the flat, the two flats up uh, in the top. We split the title. He converted the shop into another um, another flat. Uh, when we financed all three flats out um, individually, uh, great little deal. And that comes back to the title splitting. So those types of units are really good. Again, if you can find them, you're not going to do that on a high street, you know, on a really good hot, hot high street. But there's lots of secondary parades that are really suffering. Um, and councils are really quite OK if you're improving the area um, and so on. You have to be careful that you can get change of use is one of the things there. So if you're looking at any of these units, make sure that you may be talking to the planning department, uh, first of all. Um, to see, make sure that it either fits under permitted development or if you do need to go for planning permission, that they may well potentially be open to that first of all. Um, but yeah, those are the, those are the types of uh, strategies that I feel that people should be looking at. Um, and you know, every two or three years, if you've got something that's working well, please carry on using it, but just make sure that you, in the future, you go, does that work now? Is there something else? Because uh, the other, the only one we haven't mentioned is uh, service accommodation. Um, with service accommodation, wholly let, then you need to be very careful in the sense of which areas that you're going to go in. There are holiday let products, but most of the holiday let product providers, uh, in the sense of financing uh, mortgage companies, they prefer them to be in uh, holiday areas. We've got a few that have uh, or, and will allow serviced accommodation um, and in town centres. So those particularly do work well. There's a taxation angle going there as well, um, but too much to go into here. But it's certainly something that people should be look, looking into. The caveat I will give there, be very, very careful if you're going to use an existing unit. Um, because the majority of time it will be against the lender's terms and conditions to uh, SIA. And also, if you've got a flat in a block, 
a lot of leases preclude this. So before you jump in, make sure you check out all the legal angles. Um, but if there is no, no problems with that, yeah, they work in areas. And there's definitely with a transient population at the moment, it, it is a great strategy where it's going to uh, cash flow more. You just have to realise that it's going to take more management. But systemising it, electric locks, uh, you know, making sure that uh, well, a client that has an iPad in, 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 the, uh, in his service accommodation, they can check themselves in, they can check themselves out, um, they can report a fault that goes through to, directly through to um, the guy's handyman. The handyman comes in and does whatever it needs. He doesn't actually even touch it, really. Um, it's got electronic locks on the doors, so he, he controls from an app on his phone. Uh, you know, when people move out, he changes the code, and vice versa, you know, for the next person coming in. So, again, if you're going to go set, service accommodation, try and make it, systemise it, make it as easy as possible for yourself uh, if you're going to uh, go down that route, because it is more management. So, uh, Peter Van der Venen, always a pleasure. You can uh, get in contact with Peter or, or find out more at themortgageconsultancy.co.uk themortgageconsultancy.co.uk. So, uh, Peter, um, we must get you back on, but uh, behind every good property investor is a, uh, is a great broker, or, or successful property investor, I should say, is a great broker. Uh, and uh, I, I can easily say that you're, you're, you've got one of the, the best uh, handles on the various strategies uh, out there in the market. So thanks again, uh, and we'll, we'll get you back soon. Okay, thank you. Well, it's my pleasure. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.